0: This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio.
1: And on tunein.com, ping.fm, and upsnap mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to Carpe Diem with your host, Lisa McDonald. My mama told me when I was young. We're a Good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me, rejoining me here on this lovely Friday morning. My name is Lisa McDonald. This is my host, Show Carpe Diem, and I am so honored, so touched to once again be joined by another stellar guest. This Friday morning, a gentleman by the name of Stu Jeffries, and because this, uh, show, this network spans to 145 countries, 220 TV, radio, terrestrial satellites, and has the potential for millions of iTunes downloads, what I'm, all, what I'm gonna do, as I always do before I turn it over to unscripted dialogue with my guest, is I'm just gonna give you listeners a little bit of a backstory here on my guest, Stu Jeffries. So who is Stu Jeffries? Well, what I can tell you about Stu is that Stu has been a broadcaster for more than 35 years and currently hosts the morning show on Boom 97.3 FM. In Toronto. Jeffries was born and raised in Vancouver. He began his radio career in small town Saskatchewan and worked in Edmonton, Regina, and Vancouver. He made the move to Toronto in 1997. A veteran on TV, TV2, he may be best known for his 10 year role as host of CBC Television's rock video journal, Good Rock and Tonight. Stu interviewed some of the hottest stars of the 80s and 90s, including such music icons as Paul McCartney, Guns N' Roses, Madonna, and Janet Jackson. He also came face-to-face with Hollywood greats like Tom Cruise, Nicole Kidman, Matt Damon, and Meryl Streep. Known for his versatility, Jeffries has hosted numerous national shows on major Canadian broadcasts and specialty networks, including CMT Central. Live and Up front with Shania Twain, Sevens Live with Garth Brooks, and even a game show Love Handles on Global GSN Prime. Along with reading sports and being a Mac geek, that's university, Stu loves to spend the time with his family and is an avid Leafs fan. He also still cheers for the Blue Jays and his boyhood home team, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. So, Stu, welcome.
0: (laughs) Thank you. There's nothing like a biography to make it sound like you're talking to the god of broadcasting. I
1: love those things. (laughs) Well, it's funny you say that because quite often when I do plug the bio before we turn it over to unscripted dialogue, my guest goes, oh, my God, is that really me? Did I really accomplish all (laughs) that stuff? You can't be honestly (laughs) talking
0: about me. Uh, You know what? I feel like I want to get that printed on the front of my T-shirt and just walk around with it all the time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, there you go. I'll get my people to make up one for you, okay?
0: Excellent. Thank you. I would appreciate that.
1: But why, why I'm really happy to have you here, Stu, so along with some of the parallels with our, our professional vocation and what we choose to do to endeavor every day uh, to hone our passions and uh, to live the life that's pure and honest to us, um, you know, for me, I'm at a different level than you. You're a veteran. People know your name. People are starting to get to know my name, too, and it's not necessarily about that, but I, because this show... Uh, the network and my host show, what it's all premised on is personal development and, you know, evolving and making the decision every day to be committed to being the best version of yourself, which means honing what it is that you absolutely love to do. I love engagement. I love connecting with people as clear as mm-hmm. you do, too. And so I, do, I thought... Yeah. You- Yes, absolutely. So I thought I got to get Stu Jeffries on this show, because in order to hone your craft, you've got to surround yourself by the people who are the best in the industry. And um, so I really want to say thank you for the gift of your time. Uh, Oh, it's my pleasure. Yes. So why don't we talk a little bit about the inception of your journey, Stu? Where did this all begin for you? And is this the path that was chosen for you? Is this something that you fell into? Is this something you sought out for?
0: Um, you know, it's funny. I uh, first of all, thank you for saying all that. Um, I um, I knew I, I was I was sort of a lucky kid. I knew when I was six or seven years old that it was radio that I wanted to do. I remember um, uh, we would gather. Uh, I was um, uh, my I, I was raised by uh, just a mom. I didn't have a dad when uh, my parents were divorced when I was about four. And my mother, I remember, was a working mom. And at that time, sort of mid 60s late 60s early 70s it was really tough for a single woman to um you know to raise a family and work so i remember breakfast around the table being really hurried and it was sort of to get us off to school we would wake up in the morning come to the breakfast table there would be cereal bowls all around milk already poured you know sit down eat quick get out the door but the common denominator for us all i think for us kids even though we had very little time together at the table before off to school was this radio that was sort of perched on top of a bread box in a kitchen i can see it now And my mother listened to, I guess, will be the equivalent of kind of a news talk radio station with a music-based morning show. And I remember looking at that little radio on the bread box and imagining that guy talking to me and being amazed, even at a young age, being amazed that that guy doesn't even know me and he's in our kitchen. And I thought that that's really, really weird and really cool that he is sort of connecting with me and this family and he knows nothing about us. And I thought, and I, you know, I don't think I could have articulated that at the time. But looking back at it now, I think, yeah, that's what the magic was for me. It was, I want to do that. I want to be part of that scene. But I, I thought, this is the funny part. I thought, no, I, I can't. It's only for special people. Um, it's only for, I, like, you can't get a job doing that. It must be just sort of handed down from, you know, person, to person who had done it for a living. And nobody could ever get a job doing that. And then when I found out that that was actually possible, I became hooked. And I I spent a lot of time uh, in the early in my early part of my uh, years going to school in elementary school. I got sick a lot as a kid. I used to get bronchitis quite badly, and I'd be laid up for about a week or two in bed at home. And my only I remember just the radio was on constantly. It was my brother's. He hated me for using it, but I had it on, and I would I would listen to the jocks. I would make my own playlists. I would. Uh, I'd pretend I was them. I would try and phone in and never get through. Um, But just that listening and becoming part of that sort of scene made me want to do, uh, you know, made me want to do it, made me think that that would probably be the best job in the world if anybody could ever get it. And, um, you know, and and again, so that's from six or seven years old. And to this day, it's still, to me, it's, I don't know. It's can't, there's there's, there's a movie that I saw, 16 times, I'm sure, maybe even more, called FM. It was a terrible movie, but it was about a Los Angeles radio station. I saw it when I was about 16. It was about a Los Angeles radio station, Q Sky, that didn't play any commercials, and they were number one in Los Angeles, and some uh, some. Uh, I'm going off on a tangent here. I'm sorry. But some or the, the plot of the movie was some guy would come in and he wanted to put commercials on the air. And they said, no, no, no. We're not going to put commercials on the air. No way. Uh, and it was a battle between the suits and the jocks. And I thought, that's radio. That's what I want to do. I want to be part of that excitement. Um, and I, you know, and to this day, uh, there's a, anyway, on that tangent, there's a line in the movie where one of the jocks says, I'm sick of working in this toy store. And I thought, that's exactly what I do. I'm in a toy store. It's an adult toy store. And I'm not that kind of adult toy store, but an adult toy store. And it's, it's like, it's the best thing ever. And still to this day, you know, I get jazz going to work. I get jazz when I'm on the air. I get jazz waiting for the next day. And, you know, I just, I don't know. There's just nothing, there's nothing better.
1: Well, I love that story. I love everything about that story. And a couple of things I'm going to go back (laughs) to within that story is, you know, when you talk about getting very clear on this at six to seven years old, I talk about this within my books and we talk about this with guests on radio, you know, going back to your childlike spirit, you know, because you get to this stage in life and it's it's quite common, as you would know, very easy to get jaded, very easy to live a prescribed life based on what other people say you should do, you know, what's your job what you know you need to work nine to five you need to have benefits you need to have pension you need to have all these things and yet these people are the most miserable people and often many cases you know they can't wait till friday rolls around because they've got the weekend they can't enjoy their sunday because before you know it they're back to work on monday and they do the grind all over again and everything's about hump day wednesday it's quite depressing actually so you know when you go back within your introduction here at the top of the hour and you talk about six to seven years old you know i really sponged this up It, it resonated with me and I endeavored to follow suit you know this is what we talk about and I think it's so important go back to your childlike spirit what was it that just brought you to life and the fact that you got clear on that exceptionally early and followed suit what a lovely powerful message to be imparting with the listeners so I, I thank you for that
0: oh no it's it's my pleasure and you know it's funny you say the the you uh... You know the people that do the daily grind and you know and 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 really hate their job and think that you know god their worst time is sunday at 11 p.m and their their best time is friday at five and and you think oh god what a grind and it's it's hard you know because sometimes you just it's handed to you and you and you figure that that's your lot and you go forward and do it i guess i I mean, I think my mother fought me tooth and nail on going to broadcasting school, or at least thought, you know, you go to broadcasting school, what are you doing? And that's expensive. And, you know, I think that the vibe was was sort of, okay, let him give it a try, he's young, and then he'll realize that, you know, that's no way to make a living, and and then he'll come to his senses. And truth be told, I started my career in 1979 at, at a small station in Saskatchewan called CJGX, and I i i think it was i was only in it for about three months i could not wait to get back to winnipeg and after three months i thought oh my god i'm a grizzled veteran i know everything there is to know about this industry (laughs) i am so good why aren't people hiring me and you know i would send these tapes out to different stations these air checks out and have them listen to me and nobody responded and no wonder they didn't respond they were terrible i mean i was (laughs) god awful but i had and this is the thing that sort of got me through the early stages of this I, i have you know, recorded so many shows and I've digitized them now. And the digitizing process was painful because I would listen to this guy, me, but I didn't even recognize me. I mean, the stuff I was doing on the air was ridiculous and terrible and um, you know, but you could, you could hear that what I was trying to do was find my way. Like I, 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 you, you could, you could hear a person finding a style. I'm trying to find where I fit in, even though then I couldn't have articulated that, it was just, I was trying to find, I was trying to be somebody and I was trying to be somebody outside of me, which was weird. And it, it, it didn't click in until, you know, years and years later that the best person you could be was yourself. And, and, and since, you know, since doing that, it's opened up radio has opened up this, this whole new world has opened up before me and it's, and it's a beautiful thing. But I, man, I tell you, after three months and nobody was hiring me and I couldn't get out of this small town, Saskatchewan. And I thought this is awful. And I was just about to quit. If I'm not mistaken, I'm vague on this, but I think I did quit and I was going to go, my mother had moved back from Winnipeg to Vancouver and I was going to go to Vancouver and try something else. And then like, you know, I, I believe to an extent I believe in fates and uh, it just so happened that another guy got fired and the program director said, I am stuck. Can you just hang in for a couple of weeks? And it was after two weeks, I said, you know what, I'm going to stay if that's okay with you. He said, yeah, fine. And then, you know, everything sort of blossomed from there. It was like one of those things where it's like, no, 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 don't quit. Stay here. This is going to get better.
1: Beautiful. And so going back to what you just said then, who is Stu Jeffries?
0: (laughs) You know, I got – I such a good question and such a hard one to answer. Um, I think I'm a – I think I'm a – I'm a I'm a veteran broadcaster um, by trade. Um, I'm a family man that I'm most proud of, um, and I am a proud proud communicator. And I I think that I am a very sometimes too sensitive guy who um, you know well my heart's always on my sleeve and uh, and a guy who has discovered that he's got a talent that it's more than just introducing the latest uh, or introducing a classic song from Billy Joel uh, and is more of a, uh, I guess, more of a personal communicator and, um, you know, and a, and I think a better person for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, over the years, I've discovered that this, that I've, I have a microphone and I talk to untold number of people And that's not, it's by no way to be taken as bragging. It's just there's a lot, you communicate with a lot of people on a daily basis. And I have the opportunity to reach them and affect change and start conversation. And I can do it within the confines of a rock and roll, classic rock and roll format. And it's, it is only up until, you know, recently that I realized it's everything that I've ever wanted to do and in my show at times things get a little um you know personal and sometimes things get a little you know I'll talk about things that have gone on in the world if I was on today I would have to address you know the assassination of the policeman in Dallas and yes. and the protests and things like that and it will always come from my heart and there'll sometimes be tears and there'll be you know it but it's just who I am and I am fortunate that it resonates with people and I am that guy Uh, from the radio on top of the bread box in the kitchen in Winnipeg that is communicating with people I can't see and I'm resonating with them and it's it warms my heart how's that
1: (laughs) uh, you know what I just got goosebumps I will never look at a bread box the same way again truthfully truthfully I love the answer and what you've described there uh if I could be so bold as to interject here but Uh, You know, the people who classify, characterize themselves as perhaps too sensitive or sensitive by nature. Uh, I think that's such a beautiful quality because to me that resonates at the level of being what I would deem to be an empath. And, Mm -hmm. you know, empaths truly feel everything at the core level. And I think that's what gets us in touch or realigned with our sense of humanity. You know, that's where the shifting occurs. That's where the prioritizing occurs. That's where the paying it forward and being of service to others occurs. And when you truly hear and tap into other people's pain or other people's joy or other people's successes, I mean, it's all about mirroring. It's the mirror effect. And so, you know, and I quote this quite often on radio, Byron Katie, the work of Byron Katie, I want Mm -hmm. for you what you want for you. And, Mm -hmm. you know, so if there's really no ego attached to this, and it's really about things operating at the heart level, and truly seeing that we're all connected, the way that you've described yourself, which I think is beautiful, I would put you in the category of uh, empath. And I think that's lovely. So no wonder you resonate with people.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it can make for some, you know, difficult uh, broadcasting and can make for some, you know, I want to say cringeworthy broadcasting. And I mean that in the way... You know, not where oh that's awkward, but more oh my goodness, like that's that's striking that's striking a chord, it's striking a nerve, and um, you know, and I, I always sort of feel that if it's <laughs> this sounds so egomaniacal, and it's not, but I always think that if it strikes a nerve with me, it's got to strike a nerve with somebody else, and uh, God, you know, and I I, know. I, yeah, and and I want that to go, I want that to get out there, and I want, and I guess again the thing that that I I think is is mo- I'm most proud of is that you know you me people that are communicators can affect change it's more and but can still do can still work within the confines of what a radio morning show is supposed to be except you know what I don't have to make prank phone calls I don't have to uh you know play fart sound effects and 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 jingle bells and and things and snare drums. And, and yeah, man, I've got a million dad jokes and I love to pass them along. I've got stories to tell. I've got stories that I don't want to pass along, but there's also, it, that's part of the whole thing. That's me. Right. And it, and, and that other segment is just part of the piece of the whole Stu Jeffries program pie. And that is, as you say, the empath part. And you know, it, it really makes for makes when somebody asks you to sort of describe your show, you know, you kind of go, uh, it's got a little right. bit of everything. Uh-huh. Uh, and I can't – you know, yesterday I was on the air and I was crying a lot. And they're like, what? <laughs> you were what? Do you, what do you...? Um, so, you know, it, it doesn't sort of fit in with what I guess the standard what people perceive morning shows to be, and which kind of reminds me of this uh, a little while ago. I guess, Scott, it must be a couple of years ago now, we were coming up with uh, in a meeting, in a programming meeting, and um, one of the uh, tasks that was put to someone in promotions was to say, can you uh, do me a favor and come up with about a seven-line sort of blurb about what the Stu Jeffrey show is about. Now, this person in her defense had not ever heard it before, but she, what she heard was Stu Jeffrey's and Morning Show. So the very next day, the blurb was sent to me via email, and it was, uh, Stu Jeffries wakes you up with the most fun in the morning uh, with uh, lots of great music, uh, entertainment, and a whole lot of celebrity gossip. And I thought, you know, no, I don't. That's not anything that I do, but that is the perception of the morning show in the here and now, right? And I thought, yeah, I mean, that's what everybody's doing. Um, That's certainly what you can count on when you go to any morning show, anybody in the world will say we have the most fun and we do this and we do that. And here's some more celebrity gossip and all those wacky Kardashians. And Mm -hmm. I thought that's not me in any way, shape or form. And I don't ever want to be that. And I kind of pride myself on not being any of that and not being that sort of standard morning show. And I, I, uh, you know, and also, again, the fact that it resonates. It's one thing for me to say, I'm really proud of the show I do, but if nobody's listening, you know, what's the point? I just happen to be lucky that people are listening and you know, and it's and it and it's working.
1: Well, wasn't it a gift that she did that, though? You know, when when people don't get you or people don't understand your message or, you know, they're very quick to gloss over things just to fulfill their end of whatever it is they have to do to put stuff out there, meet deadlines, whatnot, I always look at those people as well, critics, naysayers, uh, whatever. I I consider those people a real gift because it really forces you to self-assess, to evaluate, and to to go, no, I am going to correct that. And if I have somehow perhaps fallen short – apart from the fact that people don't do their homework and don't do their research but you know if i have fallen short on any level or if there's a, 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 an opportunity here for me to hone something uh, or to more or more eloquently portray myself and my show and my message in such a way that i really capture it for people you know i you know those are the people those i think are our best teachers not the people who pat you on the back not the people who go oh great show yes we appreciate that um but it's the people who you know it's the people who will challenge us to challenge ourselves and so i think i think that's what makes us top of our game i truly do
0: it is. You're right. And you know, and, and it wasn't anything that this person, this person just didn't know. And it was, and, but it was cool. You're right. Cause you look at that and you go, okay, that's, that's exactly what I do not want to be. And this was this, I'm so glad I saw this. It's also the same uh, sort of thing. When somebody, I may have done a piece that may have, uh, you know, uh, triggered something in me emotionally that may have caused my voice to crack. It may have caused a tear or two while I was presenting this particular subject or story. And I will inevitably get messages and emails from people saying, "Look, you got to man up. Um, you know, nobody wants to hear about this and that. And just do your ah. job, shut up, and play the music." But you, but you read that and you go, "No, that's cool because that is what that particular person wants." And there is, God, there's hundreds of thousands of them that would just sooner turn on the radio and hear what the song they want to hear. Give me a weather forecast, a traffic report, and I'm good. And that's cool. That's great. It's just that you can get that anywhere um yes. and i want to be the sort of stop where you're you're going to get that but you're going to get hopefully a little bit more and maybe you're going to get something that might make you go hmm and maybe that's not a bad idea or hmm i need to talk to my wife about that or hmm you know my i'm going to talk to my brother or sister in ages i need to give them a call um or i need to be more informed on that or whatever mm-hmm. one of the things in 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 the disaster at pakistan disaster uh, you know over god it seems like i guess it's 2 years ago now um I was talking about that, and, you know, at the end of what I was saying, I realized that although I'm, you know, talking about the disaster that happened, talking about how kids had left their homes to go to school, kissed their parents goodbye, said, yeah, we'll see you after school. You know, I got my chores to do. I got whatever. They didn't come back. Mm-hmm. And as I was telling the story and I was getting choked up, and then I realized, okay, that's that's one thing. That's one thing that you're presenting, and, yes, that's true, but what can we, like – what the hell can we do as a person about something like this? And it it came to me in writing the piece in that it seems so, you know, ridiculously simple, mm-hmm. but by doing something nice to somebody, somewhere along the line today that you wouldn't normally do, starts a cycle of something. And yes. even though it sounds, you know, it sounds very airy-fairy and it sounds very, Uh, okay, uh, give me another inspirational meme and send me on my way. It isn't that. It's like, no, man, you can do something here now about that disaster thousands and thousands of miles away by doing something nice, just nice. And even if it's letting somebody merge in front of you in traffic or holding a door open for somebody or just tipping your hat to somebody or helping somebody across the street or whatever, Mm -hmm. if you just do that. And then I thought, what a powerful simple message that all of a sudden now thousands of people have heard and it made me (laughs) when i was off the air i was a mess i was like i think that i've just done something and it felt so good i talk about it now and it chokes me up and i thought it felt so good that i you know it made me realize why i got into this all those years ago and this is the reason why i'm here now and you know it's like i you know i want to keep it going that and and to, actually have a, to actually have made that happen, uh, and then the response was ridiculous. It was so nice and so heartwarming. Uh, even mm-hmm. with the combination of people saying, "You know, you need to shut up and play the music," there were others that were just completely taken back and said, "I've never heard anything like that before." And mm-hmm. you know, it's just yeah. I, you know, I, I you know what I really hate about this, Lisa, as I as I talk to you about this. I don't ever, I want this to come across like, hey, I am the new era of radio, because it's not that, and I am not in any way, shape, or form trying to come across like I have revolutionized broadcasting, because I have not. It's just me. No. But, I- you know, it's just what I believe to be important, and, you know, I love, I just love doing it.
1: Well, you know, I I I mean, I love the vibe and the synergy here, and you're resonating with me on so many levels because of what I choose to talk about on radio. Like, do I give weather reports? No. Do I, you know, none of that. That's not what I'm here to do. But the fact, but the fact that you choose to make it a smorgasbord for people, regardless of whether people, you know, are quick to shut you up and say, okay, well, that's great, but I didn't tune into that. I would have put on like Oprah Winfrey if I wanted to get like a kumbaya, whatever. You know what I mean? Right. 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 But but what I love about that. I love a lot of things about that. So what I love about that, Stu, is, one, you're honoring yourself. Two, you know, you're using a a platform as a vehicle to impart – more important messages and you know, oftentimes like I mentioned, what I talk about on radio with guests is we're all operating at different levels of self-awareness and Mm -hmm. so for people who aren't prepared to do the work, for people who don't see that the necessity for growth in order to become more revolutionized and uh, evolutionized as a better person and and operating at your highest vibrational level you know, these people are stunted and that's fine, you know, like I'm not here to Mm -hmm. critique them either, but at the same time, there's always going to be more good that comes out from sharing the good, sharing the brightness, and we need more of that in the world. I mean, you can't turn on TV right now without hearing about a shooting. I mean, mm-hmm. you know the violence, the the escalation of violence. It's uh, and what's happening with our political culture and and you know who's running and all that crap. I mean, it's it's depressing. Mm-hmm. It's depressing. It is. And, yeah,
0: and you, you can't and you can't you you fight you know daily to you know, try and come up with something positive and, um, and, and, you know, and sometimes it feels like you're, you know, you're just losing the fight. You think that you're, but it it really is, you're right. You turn on TV and you see that, you know, the fight remains, the fight will always be there. And you know what? Um, It's been this way since I can remember, and it will, you know, always be this way. All we can do in our own sort of environment in our, however little or big that might be is try and be, You know just better people and you 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 gotta hope i mean i love to believe you know after the orlando nightclub shooting i'd love to believe all of those wonderful uh hate will never win um you know postings that i saw and that you know it's all about love and let's honor them by loving each other and all of that stuff and yes i would love to believe that somehow some great big circle of love is going to change all this I'm not that naive. It's too ugly. It's just way too ugly. All you can do is the best you can do within your environment and hopefully it catches on. And it's wonderful to have an avenue, as you know, Lisa, to have an avenue to do that, to be able to spread that out and know that, you know, even if it's one person, even if it just happened to be one person, or even if Joe Blow went home to Joanne Blow and said, you know what? Uh, I heard something today. And we need to talk about this, and then there it goes, and somehow you have set you know uh, set upon the earth a a positive message in the uh, midst of um, chaos, and you know hopefully that blossoms but I'd love to I'd love to believe that the blossom would be bigger than what's blossoming right now, and unfortunately that's just not the case and you know I guess all you can do about that for me it's all about for me it's it's let it. Yeah, it's awful. It's terrible. Please don't let it consume you. Let's yes. keep going. We got to keep going. Otherwise, all of this is for naught. All of, you know, all yes. of the love that we brought forth all these years is for naught if we give in to this.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love that you make a concerted decision and choice every single day not to be one-dimensional. So good on you. <laughs>
0: Thanks, yeah. Well, you know, let's face it. There's no fun in that. I mean, no. you know, and there's and there's no... Like what for? Then who am I? You know, I'm just mm-hmm. another, I'm just another wacky, you know, radio guy. And let me tell you something: radio. There are some great announcers out there, and there are some great morning shows out there, and there are, uh, and they do their job, you know, very, very well. Um, radio's got such a bad name over the years, and it's. I, I don't think it's necessarily fair. Unfortunately, the cycle continues of, you know, bad broadcasters, which is sort of bringing the rest of us down um but you know radio got a bad name a long time ago because of this sort of you know wacky kind of hoo ha and everybody all talks like this and it's not you know and nobody does like nobody talks like this it's like it but people you know perceive that and it, it's been a tough sort of uh, a, a, you know, road to travel down when people say, what do you do for a living? You know, I work in radio. It's like the Seinfeld bit where, you know, George says, I write sitcoms and <laughs> people make <laughs> complete, you know, fun of them. You know, radio is the same thing. I do a morning show and they say, oh, well, and then they automatically have this perception that I, oh, I pranked, uh, you know, I made a prank phone call yesterday. And I, you know, I, I think it was, <laughs> it's the Simpsons that do it. <laughs> Simpsons do an incredible job of mocking that. And, um, uh, uh, you know, I love I, I love what they do their their impersonation of the morning show three thousand machine and stuff like that. I think it's just it's tremendous. Uh but we you know, I I'm gonna c i am going to as long as it resonates, I get to continue to do what I do and that's awesome. Uh as I as I said earlier, you know, if people stop listening, I'm I'm no longer I've gotta, you know, either change with the times or do whatever, but I will always be who I am.
1: Beautiful. Well, let me ask you this, Stu. What types of subject matters specifically? I mean, you've illustrated some examples of when you've welled up and, you know, when you've lost it behind the scenes and you've had to go back and either call your brother, call your sister, talk to your wife. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But what types of subject matters most resonate with you? What could you talk about for hours that either gets you jazzed up or it makes you filled with passion uh, or just is so true to the core fabric of your foundation?
0: Um, I think my, this will be difficult, but I, I think my, uh, parenting and, and my, and, and childhood, I think I had, I didn't have a, a, a good childhood at all. Mine was awful. And, um, Me too. it was, yeah, it was sort of, uh, um, mine was in search of the, of the father figure, um, you know, and, and, and as I've spoken about it before that it doesn't always end well when you're doing that. And, you know, and, and I'm certainly one of those cases where, you know, you, you run into the wrong type of guys. There are guys that that would be great father figures and mentors. And then there are guys that know you're looking for a father figure and they have something else in mind. And, it, you know, so it was, it, it wasn't for a long, we you know, it wasn't for a long period of my life, but it was long enough at a very influential age between, you know, 12 and 15 years old. And, um, you know, I was, you know i was bullied i even by you know um in my own house by you know a man so it was it was hard and i i i made I made a decision pretty early on that i was not going to i would maybe get maybe i could see myself married but i wouldn't have kids because i thought in my own thinking that that would be um breaking the cycle of violence and and, you know, child abuse, and that there would be no risk for me somehow picking up on that and passing that down to my kids. Not that I think I, that I could, but who knows? I had no idea. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to be that, certainly didn't want to be that man. So I thought, you know, I'll just, I could get married, but no kids. And then I, um, I had settled on that pretty much. And I, and I thought that that's how my life was going to go. And, and then all of a sudden, a, a move, an abrupt move from Vancouver to Toronto happened. And, 97 and i met my wife-to-be then and um you know we've we've been married now for 17 years or whatever it is and and we have three lovely boys who i cannot uh talk about without welling up somewhat because they're Mm -hmm. they're you know my wife and those boys are my everything and i you know I, i will i struggle daily to be a good father and i and i fail miserably on most counts but i I, I that. love them dearly and they love me and um and I could talk about them forever and I, I guess that you know I would I could talk for hours and cry for hours about raising kids and raising my boys and how important it is to be you know as honest and as straightforward and as loving as you can possibly be and that how kids don't need friends they need parents and 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 that their role models are you, right? They're not, mm-hmm. they're not Stephon Curry, and you know, uh, and they're, they're not sports stars. They're not shortstops. They're they're your mom and dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love. A commercial a long time ago with Charles Barkley when he said that he goes don't look at me for your role model I'm not your role model your mom and dad are your role model and the way he said it was just <laughs> yes he was like it was presented to me how could you be so stupid it's like <laughs> yes your role models are your mom and dad not me I play basketball for a living I make more money than you'll ever will <laughs> in your lifetime you'll learn nothing from me mm-hmm. um, and, and I thought that. beautiful and, and so yeah I I, I, I feel it's my my role now in, in life, in this life, my role now is to be a father. And, um, it's, 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 I never thought I would say this, but it is all that I've ever wanted from something that I never thought I wanted. And it, it, um, it warms my heart and keeps me going every day. I look at them every day as they grow. They're 14, 12 and 10 now. And I'm like, how did that happen? And they're, and they're good boys each with with distinct individual personalities and Ben, God bless him, has got my sensitivity. (laughs) It's not going to fare well in high school, but he will be okay. (laughs) I keep telling him that, Um, you know, and Leo, my middle child is a comedian and just a, just an unbelievably sharp, smart, beautiful boy. And my youngest one, Sam is, is a combination of those two and his own, his own, you know, personality and the combination of the three of them uh, a table—it's <laughs> just too much. uh You know, your your heart swells. It's just too much to take. So, that would be the thing I talk. I could talk for hours about that. Would be the thing that I, um, you know, I, that I I would never run out of things to say, and um, you know, could possibly bore people to death with. But they're my they're my heart and soul.
1: I get that. I get that. And uh, I'm going to correct you on something, too. Mm-hmm. So, um i uh, I would challenge what you said about yourself you know failing miserably as a parent um, you know <laughs> and, I, and I know that's you just being humble and and I know that having that attitude you know because if we if we are committed to the work and if we t- take pride in being a parent as our most important rewarding job and something we try to get right, and there's no script, particularly if you haven't had the right role models and the right beginning and uh, stages in life. And the examples, you know, you're really truly flying by the seat of your pants and winging it. And uh, and that's why I really believe in um, the process of, you know, the common denominator. Like when you sometimes, again, it's, it's taking the things that have been moments of darkness in our life and they become the best barometers of what to do differently. You know, just by contrast. And, you know, so when you make the comment about failing miserably, uh, I'm here to tell you as a woman and as a single parent myself, um, you know, no, you're doing a phenomenal job. And I wish more men, and I don't mean to make this conversation gender-based, but... You know, I wish more men, particularly for how you've been brought up. I mean, we can glean a little bit from what you've said. Uh, You know, you don't have to say the whole story to get the picture here uh, if you're slightly Mm -hmm. intuitive. Um, You know, but the fact that you allow yourself to be vulnerable, the fact that you allow yourself to be emotional, the fact that you allow yourself to be touched deeply to the core about things, this is what we want instilled in our children we want our children to be feelers we want our children to be nurturers we want our children mm-hmm. you know to drop the mask to drop the facade not go through 40 years of fuck it moments and going oh my god what have i been doing and who am i and you know yeah. who, who is this relationship with myself that i've been trying to protect and and you know pretend it's, it becomes a farce so mm-hmm. you know the fact that you walk your talk the fact that you're very open and committed to just being who you are, which consists of being very emotional, being an empath, being a nurturer, paying it forward, being more than one-dimensional, uh, and that comes from being tapped into your own level of self-awareness and being committed to growing every day. There could not be better ingredients than that to be a <laughs> wonderful parent. So good on yep. you.
0: <laughs> you're very, you're very kind. Thank you. I, I, I guess I say that I, I, I do every. Every Father's Day, I kind of do my report card, and I kind of think, "Okay, what am I?" Okay, last year, I think I was a C minus. Now, if I can bring this thing up to like a, a C, I'm going to be great. And I, yeah, I'm hard on myself, and I, because I, you know, there are things that slip out of me that I just, you know, the best part is that I recognize them. You know, they're yes. things, and they're not bad. They're not bad, but they're just not me. You know, like, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, patience is a real, it's, patience is so important in parenting, and. I have none. Like I have none. And I also – I am so easily bored. Like I mean I will say this. When kids are – when babies are babies, I mean, yeah, they're adorable and they're – I remember my wife saying as she was holding my youngest son, Ben, when he was born. I loved him. Like I – he was like, oh, my god, I've got a child. What the hell am I going to do? But I love this baby. And, and, but he, this baby's boring. Like this baby doesn't do anything. This baby, this baby eats and this baby poops and this baby, and that's it. And sleeps and, you know, it keeps me awake and whatever. And we can't play games. Like games aren't fun right now. <laughs> they just pick up blocks uh-huh. and throw them around. And I, and I remember my wife looking at me and I said, you know, this is great, but it's boring. And my wife <laughs> looked at me in amazement and said, I she said, I am so drunk with love right now for this kid. She said, are you not? And I said, well, no, no, don't get me wrong. I love this baby, but there's not much to do. And that's the guy part, and it's also just a I need to do something, right? This baby needs I, – I need to start talking to this baby. Speak now. Let's go do this. And so that combined with patience, I've never been any good at it. I, I get better and better every year uh, because they get older every year, right? And they're a little – and they understand more, and they – you know, now you can – it's hard to make a young baby understand consequences and the young children understand consequences. They don't get it. They can't, cause they're not developed, right? Their brain's not developed yet. They don't, they only know like, I want this. Uh, and I don't know why I can't have it. I mean, you're taking it away from me. Why can't I play with it? Like that sort of thing. And so that's in the patient's level that takes me, you know, that took me a lot to learn that. And also in terms of discipline and, and you know um, and those consequences and sticking to them and, you know, seeing in their heart, like, you know, you have to do this because this is, because punishment is necessary here. You know, you've got to go to your room or you've got it. You're not going to play with the iPad for a week or you're not, whatever. It's Mm -hmm. necessary. And I don't care that your face looks heartbroken right now. That's tough for me. Like, I want to say, okay, just this once. All right. Now you get this, but if you do it again, you know, sort of thing. And that's hard. But, um, but to, you know, overall, um, First of all, thank you for saying that. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm doing the best I can with an empty toolbox, and, and We all are too. So well. Welcome to the club.
1: Hello. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that's, you know, you look for. Some, now, what would my father? Okay, I didn't have a father. What, what would my mother yeah, do? Let's okay, move she on down the line. <laughs> That's right. Exactly.
1: Well, let me ask you: Who have been some of your most pivotal mentors? Whether they be tangible or intangible.
0: Uh, first of all, my older brother, um, later, uh, became, and he doesn't even know it. And if he hears this, he'll, he'll be a blubbering puddle, but he. Oh
1: tell him. You, you haven't, <laughs> seen, you haven't
0: Oh him. yes, he, he, he knows. Yes, he knows. Okay.
1: Um,
0: uh, he, um, he sort of in his own, I, I doubt if he would even understand it, but he in his own way. Um, made me realize that I, you know, that I had a a personality and that I had something to offer. Um, And he, he triggered my imagination. Um, I don't think that he, I think he took on a fast role as being the, you know, he was the oldest and uh, in a fatherless family. So I think he took on the fast role of being in charge and he fought it tooth and nail. And I don't blame him. Um, He didn't like that idea. And I, I, but he was uh, – the times that we spent together where we had the most fun were were when we were in some sort of imaginary land together, uh, and it was always a funny land together, and it was always lots of jokes and uh, a huge helping of sarcasm and, um, you know, and just lots of fun. And I think that I he is one. He is one that made me sort of believe that I could I – could, first of all, that I could do what I do now, but also that I could be me and be comfortable with it. Um, my – in terms of career, I can count on one hand, um, you know, the people that were influential to me and helpful to me when I went from, pardon me, from Yorkton to Regina, my program director was a gentleman named Jeff Steele, who I believe is in Dallas right now. Uh, and I don't believe he's in radio anymore. He took me under his wing and I do not know why, uh, because I was God awful. And he, he made me, um, he, what he did, I think, was rein me in. He gathered everything that I had to offer and said, okay, look, these are all good, but you have no control, so let's work on that. And he worked with me, and and I granted, much to the chagrin of the guys that I worked with, um, I, I became one of his favorites, and it, it really helped me, and he really helped me. Um, and then, you know, as, as I go on through the years, I've, I've worked with some smart, um, very smart people and very smart programmers. Um, one that I work with right now, uh, who's no longer a programmer is more on a national level. I'm not even sure of his title. It's so long. And I abuse him for it constantly. Uh, his name is Steve Parsons. And he, um, he is also one of those guys that recognizes what you do and will let you do what you do. Uh, will rein you in when necessary, but recognizes who you are and, and, you know, sort of lets you breathe. and, in this industry, particularly in 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 sort of formatted commercial radio, you know, a radio station will hire you because, oh, we got to get Stu Jeffries because he's this, 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 and this. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as you get on the air, they try and stop this, 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 and this. And it never makes any sense. It's sort of like, well, you hired me to do this, but now you don't want me to do this, you want me to do something else. It's really weird. Radio has always been doing that. Um, lately, there's been a trend away, I think, but Steve Parsons is one of those guys that, that sort of leads that for me because he's got he's going to abuse me for this so much you have no (laughs) idea Uh, but he is he's one of those guys that lets you just he lets you breathe and he recognizes uh, he recognizes what you need will be there to help you with whatever you need um, but lets you breathe and I and, and that I really appreciate especially as you get older and, you you know, you start to realize where your real strengths are and you to work with somebody that recognizes what those strengths are and lets you have them and lets you have a go with it, mm-hmm. uh, nothing like it.
1: Well, what you've described about Steve is what I would define as being a true authentic leader, you know? Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, when you see talent in somebody, and it could be, you know, things need to be refined a little bit, maybe call it delivery, call it, uh, you know, articulating your vocabulary a little bit better. But going back to what you were saying originally about, you know, I don't know why they saw that in me because I was god-awful. Well, mm-hmm. no, you would know not only as a parent yourself, but you would know for somebody who's acquired some wisdom and some life lessons along the way and experience um, you know, what, what stands out in people, you know, it's their tenacity, it's their attitude, it's their brightness, yeah. it's their approach to life. You know, you can, you can work on the other stuff and make it a better package, but if somebody doesn't bring to the table like a true spirit uh, where it just booms, you know, pun intended. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so I I just think, you know, and you would recognize that yourself. I mean, you you would probably, as a leader within your own right, being a veteran of what you do, I mean, because you're constantly trying to hone yourself, because you're constantly challenging yourself to be better, current, Mm -hmm. fresh, more improved. Um, you would see that similar quality in somebody else who's, like, perhaps you're mentoring somebody who wants to get into the industry. It doesn't even have to be related to what you do. Just when you talk to somebody who's on fire, you know, they can't maybe put it all together, and maybe it's not quite the refined package deal. But, I mean, you you can't teach that.
0: No, you're right, and that is sort of uh... – you know, and I, 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 think I've I've come across that very few times. There are people that will often contact me and say, "Look, and I really appreciate some help, or um, I listen to you all the time, or I've been a fan, um, and it's all really great." And they so, say, "You know, I'd love a little bit of help. Can I send you an air check and would you give it a listen and, and stuff?" And I'm I'm happy to, and I love to do it. Uh, and it's the ones that that do the follow up that you know are really serious about what they want to do. You know, there are there are and there are ones that every so often you just sort of meet face to face that have got, you don't know what it is like, but it's, it's something they've got, you're right on fire is a perfect description. And that must've been me back then um, where you've just, <laughs> you feel you've got so much to offer, but it's raw, right? It's raw and, and undefined and unnurtured. And um, it, 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 it's just, it's just there. It's an energy. Um, and when you see that in somebody, you kind of go, wow, that's a little bit of me and that's, you know yes. that that really makes you it it does the mentor part of you really kicks in then it's sort of like dude or do that you are on the road <laughs> but you need some help and I'm gonna you know what I yep. speak from experience I, I can help you I can help you with that so yeah
1: lovely lovely well that's just another aspect of paying it forward too right
0: for because, sure and yeah yes, and there, I love that idea needs, I love that idea of giving back
1: absolutely because this world as you know needs more bright lights right and, amen and, and that comes from people being allowed to believe in themselves. We need to create a culture where people don't require the external permission, but people live in a climate where it's expected that you give yourself the permission to thrive, to flourish, and to just do whatever you want to do. Because, I mean, we're all going to die. I say that always. We're going to die. We're all going to die, and we don't know when that's going to be. So knowing that we have a choice in which to live our lives, and if this is the last 24 hours, if this is the last hour that I've got, Stu, I couldn't be more grateful. Seriously. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like I, it's really important to immerse yourself in like-minded people. It's not to say that you need or want to clone of yourself. You want to be challenged constantly. But it's important to follow your tribe. Find your tribe. Seek your tribe. You know, these are the people yeah, you're going to cool. learn from. These are the people who believe in you. But more importantly, these are the people who are going to say, don't listen to my opinion of you. It doesn't matter. Right. Go believe in yourself and just trail the blaze. Blaze the trail. Exactly,
0: exactly, exactly. And that's, I guess it's the thing that my wife and I are passing on to our kids, too, is that it's one thing to say, you know, you can be anything you want. Um, and it's true. Uh, but it's also true that, you know, there's there's work ahead and there's, you know, and it's a, it's a, tough road to hoe um there's no i wish it was a rainbow i wish every day was a rainbow and you could hop on it slide down and at the end of the day there's the pot of gold and look at you I not that great and it's not but but to pass along we want them to pass along more than anything you know what I love it's what my wife two things that my wife said uh one to me in general and i had raised my voice at one of my kids and this was a long time ago um, and I forget what it was, you know, you run out of patience and up goes the voice. Um, and she said, you know what? She said, I don't want a yelly house. And she was raised in, um, uh, I think she's, she part of nine kids and, uh, and, uh, in a very, very small house. And she, she basically said, there's always yelling, you know, just, it, and maybe not even an anger, but just a lot of noise. And she said, I don't want to live in a yelly house. And I thought that's a really, that's mm-hmm. a great thing to say. All right, cool. That's cool. I'll keep that. And I hear that all the time. And the mm-hmm. other thing that I hear, or her telling our boys, she said, "Look it, if 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 nothing else, she said, you've got, you know, you know, right from wrong, and all of that stuff, and that's great. But please, please be respectful." And I thought that is so good, you know. Mm-hmm. Respectful is so good. It's not, you know, it's not respect your elders because they're older. It's not that. It's just mm-hmm. be respectful of your fellow human being, and Absolutely. that. I, i'm not one for as a matter of fact I'm, I'm grown to despise inspirational memes that seem to show up on my facebook page on a constant basis um because it's one thing to put these out there and it's another thing to actually live by them and i truly yes. believe that people put them on to see if they can hit a hundred likes and it just makes me nuts yes. but i but i will say that every so often you see something that inspires you and be respectful are the words that I can see me putting everywhere in, in in terms of what that means and, and how important that is. I, I just don't think that, you know, and, and it's such a huge umbrella, right? The respect umbrella is huge, but Mm -hmm. it's, it's just, it's the beginning of everything. It's the beginning of a better world, right? And I—and—and and these kids, when they're old enough to really understand that, I'm so thankful. But I know that they have that in their heads now because they hear it all the time.
1: Wonderful. Well, I want to say in wrapping up here, Stu Jeffries, the hour always goes really too fast. But I want to say you inspire me. And I want to oh, thank, thank you. you. I really, truly want to thank you for uh, the caliber and quality of your depth, your breadth, and your width. You are a really good human being. And uh, you can't fake that stuff, you know, especially no. on radio right? Because a lot of what we pick up with messages and how we compute and how we translate information, you know, a lot of it's body language, but a lot of it is the voice. You can't fake that stuff. So I just want to say for the time that you've graciously given me, particularly still being on vacation, last day no less, I want to thank you very much for uh, the contribution of what you give back to humanity, how you use your platform for the better of the good uh, for the collective, and I want to thank you for the time that you've given myself and our listeners here today. been a true honor and I know that we'll continue to be in touch and I'll shortly be sending you the podcast and I wish you and your family all my love and well wishes to my listening audience I want to say once again thank you very much for your loyal listenership for tuning into my show every Friday uh, this is Lisa McDonald your host with Carpe Diem really looking forward to seeing you and touching base with you again next Friday if you have any show topic ideas or you wish to appear as prospective guest on my show kindly reach out to me at LisaMcDonaldAuthor.com or alternatively McDonald mcdonald13 at gmail.com and mcdonald is spelled m-c-d-o-n-a-l-d want to wish everyone a fantastic safe loving love-filled weekend love and gratitude to all thanks to jeffries all my best take care thank
0: you lisa, you've so been on.
1: listening to carpe diem with your host lisa mcdonald for more information please go to lisa's website at lisa mcdonald